All right, we are in the middle of a series called Under Construction, with the main idea is this. We're all under construction. What kind of life do you want to build? We're all under construction. What kind of life do you want to build? And so we've been looking and examining all kinds of different stuff, but where the heartbeat of this whole message series comes from is from the Sermon on the Mount, specifically three chapters in Matthew, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. This is the Sermon on the Mount. It is the most famous of all of Jesus' teachings. And what it actually is is kind of Jesus' stump speech. Whenever Jesus would roll into town, he'd start teaching somebody. This is the message in which he would start into. He did that for a couple of reasons. One, it was all the really, 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 really important. Is enough release? Okay. Really important stuff. It's basically the boiling down of the whole Old Testament into this this cliff notes, really, really, really important uh, three chapters, okay? And so the Sermon on the Mount really uh, is important things. If we lost the rest of the scripture, but we had Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we still would be all right. Did I... You got me, all right? So um, what's going on here is Jesus would, would, would kind of condense the Old Testament into his teaching here, but he also was repeating it so much that his disciples, that he was training in which to change the whole history of mankind, he was saying, these are the things, when you go and preach, this is what you're going to preach about. This is how you're going to handle these situations. This is how I want you to speak into this situation. This is how I want you to speak into this situation. And so that's why the Sermon on the Mount is pretty comprehensive for human behavior. It deals with little things like anger and murder and uh, uh, lusting and uh, lying and money. So, you know, things that no one, no one actually deals with, right? Little, little bitty practical uh, things going on here in the Sermon on the Mount. So we are in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, we're going to be at verse 33 to 37 this morning. What we're talking about is this concept of integrity. Now, that's a fancy word for basically uh, keeping your promises. So uh, we're going to talk about integrity today. And I named uh, Bowen and Kendall are family names. I have twin eight-year-olds. And Bowen, and Bowen is my boy and Kendall is my girl. And those are family names. But I started researching what those names actually meant because I had no idea. And when you research Bowen, you find out that that means son of Owen. Great. There's a lot of that deep meaning behind that one, right? Uh, that's, that's not very helpful. And so I started doing a little bit more research on uh, Bowen because I was like, it's got to be more than this. There's got to be more. And so I found the family crest of Bowen in England. And what the family motto is, is to be rather than to seem. And as I started thinking about that, I was like, okay, now, now I'm happy about this name. It just doesn't mean son of Owen. It means to be rather than to seem. And this is what we're talking about today in integrity, is that whenever Bowen goes out and does whatever he's going to do in life, that people know who he is, that when he says something, that's who he is. It's not like he's trying to pull one out over on you. He's not trying to finagle you. He's not trying to sell you on something. This is who he is. And so as we, we named him that, but that's my hope and, and a prayer for him, that Bowen, whenever he's known, he'll be known as who he is and not to, to seem, well, he seems like a nice guy or he seems like a shady character or he seems like any of these things, that he is who he is. And this is the essence of integrity, that we would be 
who we look like, that we would be who we are, that we're not trying to pull a fast one on anybody, we're not trying to finagle around things, that we're not trying to to be a little shady in any way, shape, or form. This is who we are, integrity. And I think this is so important for Jesus to teach the people that he's teaching because he knows it's going to be difficult. He knows it's going to be hard. He knows people are going to get thrown in jail. He knows people are going to get burned at the stake. He knows that people are going to get all kinds of crazy stuff done to them because they're saying they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's like, if our message, this message of hope, this message of mercy, this message of love is going to be uh, influential, if it's going to speak into people's hearts, you have got to be who you say you are and not seem like anything else. Matthew 5 Verse 33, again, you have heard it said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven for it's God's throne or by earth for it's its footstool or by Jerusalem for it's the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say simply is yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. All you got to do is say yes or no. Other translations say, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. And we've lost this, honestly. This is something in our culture where we don't do this. We don't do this very well because we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. I'm not going, but I don't want him to be, I don't want him to be offended So I'm going to say yes. Except then when you don't show up after you said yes, that's when, but I don't have to see their face when they're hurt. So it's okay. That didn't really, if someone's offended and I wasn't there to see their offense, then they're not really offended, right? That's not how that goes. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. And this is something that is so pivotal to how our marriages work, how we are as kids, how we are at our job, how we are as we we parent our children. Let our yes be yes. Let our no be no. See, what Jesus is talking about, it was real common for people to say, you know, by by the stones of the temple, I will do this thing. Or by the... The hair on my chinny chin chin, they didn't ever say that, but uh, by the hair on my chinny chin chin, I will, I'm not cheating you. I'm, I'm selling you this at the right time. And so they would make up this caveat to make them sound more serious. Uh, we do this all the time. Sometimes it's, it's goofy. Um, but sometimes like, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, I swear on my mother's grave. Your mom's not dead, dude. Okay, um, but it's the same concept of, of swearing by something else to know that I'm serious. Like I'm giving credence to my, my swearing or my promise to you because, oh, well, if it's not true, then, that's, then this is all forfeit. But if your yes is yes and your no is no, then you don't have to give it a caveat. Like I don't have to convince somebody that my promise is true if I've kept my promises. Does this make sense? Right? And this is hugely important to how we live our life, how we, how we talk to our, our, our family, how we uh, lead our, our kids, how we love our spouses, our influence at work. Let our yes be yes and our no be no. My parents did a fantastic job of drilling into me that my yes is yes and my no is no. This is probably the greatest thing they did as parents for me besides leading me to Jesus Christ. Is that I knew when my parents said, no, you can't do that, it was a no. 
And I knew when they said, that's a yes, that I was like, okay, I can do that. I've, it's not going to go back. It's not going to happen. This is the way it was with, um, with counting to three, right? Like my grandma uh, one time was watching me. I was six or seven years old, and I was doing something stupid. Can you imagine Jared Hauser acting up, uh, you know, as a six or seven-year-old? And so I was doing something, and uh, she started counting. One, two, and I stopped at two because I'm smart. And because three is the magic number where all bad things happen, okay? <laughs> so, so, but that's how it was in my family. Your family, it might be seven, it might be six, it might be ten. I don't know where you get to count. It just needs to be the same counting every single time, okay? Um, so my <laughs> grandma comes home. I'm in bed, tells my parents, uh, Jared, we had a little issue with Jared. It was okay. I just started counting. I didn't know how high I was supposed to count to, and I didn't know what I was supposed to do when I got there, but I just started counting, and it, and it took care of itself because she, she stepped into the repetitive behavior. If I got to three, bad things happened, and I knew, right? Straighten up, Jared. Now, you can get to two and a half. You just got to know where that line is. Like, now, they did a couple of things for me. One, it made me a terrible salesperson. I am terrible at sales because when someone says, no, I don't want your product, like, a good salesman comes back like 7, 18, 20, 52 times and keeps on doing it. And that makes them a good salesman because they just wear you down. But uh, they, they do that, and so they don't take no as no, and a yes is a yes. And so, Like, Bowen is fantastic at coming back at these things with different ways. Like, what if this looks like? And what, if, what goes on here? I'm like, do I want to beat that out of him or tra- train that out of him? Or do I want to, <laughs> do I want to nurture that? I don't, I don't know. Um, but your yes is yes and your no is no. It also made me naive. Like if someone says, yes, I'll do that, I actually believe someone will do it. I'm like, oh, if those are my bad uh, qualities from this, I'll take it, right? And if those, sorry, equipment malfunction. You might want to mute me. All right, we're good. Good? Everybody happy? Okay. I'll be happier not anymore. So our yes has to be yes, and our no has to be no. I've got um, some oranges here, if you're wondering why we're not having a snack break. But did you know oranges floated? Floated? I did not know oranges floated. All right. And so oranges float. This is, this is pretty cool. And if you see all the floaties in here, this was not incredibly dear, uh, dirty water. I practiced beforehand, so this is why the water is so dirty. Um, But what happens is uh, the peel does some stuff for oranges. The peel does a few things for oranges. It protects oranges. It keeps oranges uh, from rotting as quickly. It keeps bugs away from eating the oranges. It keeps uh, birds from pecking at it. It keeps all kinds of things. If you ever leave an uh, orange in your refrigerator forever... Um, do your own science experiment. It's, it's great. You know, the orange that gets pushed in the back right-hand corner, and you're like, eh, the milk will take care of it. They're buddies. Uh, <laughs> they're not really buddies. Um, but the orange peel will still be orange. It'll still be nice. It'll still be there. If you peeled it and you place the same orange back in the back right-hand corner of your, your you'll grow your friend penicillin, and things will go on there. All right? So if I peel this orange, I take all the protection away from it, What will happen to it? And I place the same orange back into the water. Oh, uh-oh. 
need my other orange. Uh, let's see, scientific theory. There we go. You stay down. Thank you. Okay, it will sink. And the same thing, if our orange peel is our integrity, and we have to walk around without it, we start living without our, our integrity, we sink. And because this world is hard enough, living life, dealing with people, dealing with work, dealing with our family, we're just trying to stay afloat if we're just honest. But once you start losing your integrity, your yes isn't your yes anymore, your no isn't your no anymore, it feels like we're sinking. And so what does this look like? It means we keep our promises. When we say yes to something, we do it. When we say no to something, we don't do it. And often, sometimes the things that we say no to are as important as the things that we say yes to. I don't want to be in a position in which my, the lack of my integrity is sinking me. See, there's this, this truth out there that I've been thinking about this week about integrity is that integrity boils down to this point. Do we want to look good for a moment or be great forever? Do we want to look good for a moment or be great forever? Because it, all the integrity questions that I usually have are... Um, and when I used to do sales, which was really hard for me, I already explained that, I would do sales, but like you can fudge the numbers to make yourself look a little bit better than you are because you, you want to be over that threshold of where that raise is or where that, you just don't want to get yelled at spot is or, or you want to get those hours or whatever that looks like. You can just, ah, you know, I'll just look good for the moment because I don't want these other adverse things happening. When we, we do this with teachers, or we do this with our parents, or we do this with our, our husbands or our wives, or we do this with our friends, we do it in all kinds of different ways. Do we want to look good for a moment or be great forever? And, and this question of integrity happens. Can we own the mistakes that we had and say, you know what, I messed up there. Instead of coming up with some sort of lie or some, some way to spin it so we don't look so bad or whatever that looks like, do we want to be good for, good for a moment or great forever? And this is, this is a question that's always coming up to me in parenting. Always coming up to me. Like, yeah, it'd be okay. Yeah, buddy, have another treat. I mean, you've had four donuts today, but you know what? Uh, who cares if your teeth fall out of your, your face? You see, see the problem with that? Because then you, all of a sudden you have cavities, and now you have permanent teeth falling out. And now you've got issues. You're nine years old, and you've got to have, like, implants put in. This is a problem. Because I never wanted to say no. I wanted to look good for a moment. But I'm way more concerned with being great forever. What does that look like for us? I think this is a huge aspect when we discipline our children. That our yes has to be yes. And our no has to be no. Now, maybe you've gone and, and you get pushed around and, you know, you've let some things happen and you may think that I'm way too hard on my children and that might be appropriate. But I knew, like, I knew that my yes, that my parents' yes was yes and, and their no was no. In fact, I can't tell you how many times I broke lots of speeding laws to get home and time for curfew because I was more afraid of my parents' yes and no than I was the police officer's yes and no. Like, there's a chance I can talk the police officer out of a ticket. There ain't no way I'm talking my dad out of the punishment for missing curfew. I knew that was true. 
And in fact, it's proven, it's proven, I've talked my way out of about five or six speeding tickets. I never once talked my way out of a curfew issue. You know, I'll tell you how I talked my way out of a speeding ticket. This is how I talked my way out of a speeding ticket. I get pulled over. And um, the normal reaction of a male in my, with my family name is to get really mad at the police officer for doing his job. Um, that's, that's a name. I get an amen from that. My reaction is different. Put my hands on the wheels. Wait for him to come up. Hello, sir. Hi. License and registration. I'm going to reach in my glove compartment. Is that okay, sir? Yep. Click. Boom. All right. Here you go. I need your, my license is in my back pocket. I'm going to reach in my back pocket. I don't want to do anything crazy. There's my back pocket. Get my wallet out. Here you go. Why were you going so fast? Well, I've got uh, two kids and a baby and a wife and myself, and I wanted to get home before any of us started crying. He chuckles, walks back to his car, comes back. Here's a warning. Have a nice day. That happens over and over and over and over. Not that many times, but it's happened multiple times, right? Because, because and my kids know they were there. Uh, they know that's what happened because why? I was like, yes, I've been speeding. Yes, and this is why. I owned it. Have integrity. I got accused of cheating in college. Um, I got accused of cheating in government class, which is just an oxymoron. Um, but <laughs> I learned the lesson, sir. That's what I was doing. Um, I got called into the professor's office. Me and my, uh, me and my one of my best friends. I uh, stood in my wedding, and he said, "All right." Um, it's like, do you and Kyle know each other? I'm like, "Yeah, we were roommates." And he was like, "Okay, I'm going to need to separate you two." And we're like, what is this all about? And he's like, do you guys, you guys were cheating this week. I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, you're cheating. You did the assignment together. I'm like, the assignment was working groups on this project. Yes, we worked together on this thing. And he looked at me, he's like, you admit that you guys worked on this project together? I was like, Ab- yes, we worked on this project together. And he was like, he got so mad. And he was like, I could throw you out and you could get suspended and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, this escalated quickly. I don't want to get oh F in government class and now I got to go longer and all this. Stuff. Oh my goodness. What, what is the problem here? And so, and because of other things that I may or may not have done in, in college, getting accused of cheating would have been very bad. Uh, so, so I said, no, sir, I'm sorry. I interpreted your, your assignment as we could work in, in groups. And that's, and I took the odd numbers and he took the even numbers and we put it, our assignments together and worked. If we interpreted your assignment incorrectly, I apologize. I'd be happy to do it all over again. Whatever needs to happen here. If I cheated, I cheated because I interpreted your assignment wrong. So he lays into me for another 15 minutes. I'm like wetting my pants here. I don't want to get kicked out of college. Um, as yeah, and so I, I leave. I leave. Leave the thing. Kyle, he's ready for you. Kyle goes in. He comes out. Kyle's laughing it up, having a good old time. He asked Kyle two questions. Hey, did you do this project with Jared? Yes. Okay. And then they started talking about Michigan football. He was just, I don't know why he was, but the, the integrity issue was this. I could have tried to con- come up with some sort of other story. I could have tried to come up with some other thing to say, no, well, you know, it wasn't really cheating because of all these things. I just, yeah, sir, we split the assignment because that's how we assumed it. Let our yes be yes and our no be no. And it saved me in that. Uh, instance as well. Now I had ramifications. We had to do the assignment over again and all kinds of stuff like that, but I wasn't cheating because I set out to cheat. I set out to do what I thought I was supposed to do. Integrity. Do we want to look good for a moment or do we want to be great forever? Jesus says, let your yes 
be yes, and your no, be no. If we start truly encapsulating this into our lives, what does it mean for our marriages? Yeah, hon, I'll be home at 8, and that doesn't mean sometime between 8 and 11. Yeah, home, I'll, I'll take care of this, and that gets done. I'll do the laundry, or I'll do the dishes, or whatever that means, hon. What does it mean when our yes is yes and our no is no? Because for so many times in our lives, our marriages have gone through these wobbly moments where we're, we're not expressing integrity. And the peel starts to get ripped off and we start to feel like we're sinking. Maybe the same way happens with our, with our, our parenting. The peel's been ripped off and our kids, our kids are out of control and we feel like we don't have any control or uh, they don't respect what we're saying and we feel like we're sinking. That we just have to start by reinstating integrity. Maybe that looks like a really, 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 really hard conversation. I know I've failed in the past and I know I haven't kept my word and I know I I've messed up in this way or that way, but from now on, I'm going to do my best that my yes is going to be yes. And my no is going to be no. And that goes for our, our spouses that goes for our kids that goes for all of it. What does it look like? I know at work, it might mean that you lose your job because your yes was yes. And your no was no. That becomes a faith issue. Is God who, who loves you and calls you to the standard, loving you enough to take care of you through those issues? He's going to love you and take care of you enough to walk through those hard moments in your marriage and those hard moments in your parenting. Because guess what? If you've been living a life where your yes is yes and your no is no, that first two, three weeks with your kids when your yes is your yes and your no is your no, it's not pleasant, but it's worth it. Kids, for your yes to be yes and your no to be no, I guarantee you, if you want to uh, experience a different level of trust with your parents, if your yes is yes and your no is no, oh my goodness, it's such a better life. We're dealing with a curfew issue in our, in our family. We got uh, houses down the street where I say, hey, why don't you be home at 6, which means to their heads, I will leave their house at 6, and they're already 5, 6 minutes late. And I've already told you about my previous uh, issues with my parents and curfew. So them being seven minutes late as eight-year-olds, it gets like my blood pressure starts to go up because, oh, wait a minute, I've got to do a better job of explaining. No, that means you need to be in my house at six o'clock. So where do I need to be more clear with my expectations? I get that. But that my yes is yes and my no is no and their yes is yes and their no is no. That when they say they're going to do something, they do it. When they say they're going to empty the dishwasher, they're going to do it. Not whenever. Guys, kids, if you do that, oh, my goodness, your parents will be going. All right. Okay, I'm telling you. I'm telling you Christmas will look better. <laughs> Just say it. Uh, okay, I'm going to get a bunch of bills in the mail here. Um, integrity boils down to this point. Do you want to look good for a moment or great forever? Because whenever I am... Co- introduced with a, with a thing where my integrity be, could be questioned. It's always because I'm trying to show off for somebody else. It's always because I'm trying to get out of trouble with somebody else. It's always because this might make me look better at this moment. But do you want to look good for a moment or do you want to be great forever? May this be a transformative time in which you say, you know what? I'm going to promise right now, I'm going to change my lifestyle that my yes is yes and my no is no. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for this moment. God, I ask you to to move in us and to 
reorient the, the stuff in our lives. That, that our yes will be a yes and our no will be a no in our marriages. Our yes will be a yes and our no will be our no in our work life. Our yes will be a yes and our no will be our no in our relationships. Our yes will be a yes and our no will be our no in our parenting, in, our, in our, the way we deal with our parents. God, that you would help us reorient, that we, that we won't look to get out of trouble at every turn that we will look to be a person of integrity at every turn. And God, I know it's hard. So Lord, I just ask for strength in those decisions. I ask for wisdom in those decisions. And I ask for discernment in those decisions. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen.